Hello and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. Um, Liverpool 2, Southampton 0 at Anfield. A first half goal, a clean sheet and also a second half goal and a win. And it's uh, it's it seems surreal to be talking about that. So we're going to get into it as much as we can. Um, look ahead to United and... To do that, I have got Beryl Akis in the Netherlands. Beryl, are you well, sir? Are you feeling a little bit more optimistic about our top four chances? Uh, yes. Yeah, a bit more. That That's what the question was. And I feel a bit more optimistic, but in in absolute sense, not optimistic. <laughs> yes, you're more optimistic, but still not optimistic. Yeah. You're, exactly. you're, you're less, less optimistic. <laughs> uh, that's probably a better way to put it, even. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've also got uh, Jay Reid in Liverpool. Jay? Hello. Um, I might have a, a couple of drips out the top more in the optimism side of the glass rather than the pessimistic side of the glass, if that's all the way to see it. I think it did, we'll get into it, but it's, the, it's decided this week by... By Thursday night, we know if we're making top four or not because United are going to dictate who gets in it, and we will get into that. Yeah, we've left ourselves in a sticky situation. There's no doubt about it. I've also got Neil Patterson in Berlin. Chief, how are you? On mute for the sounds of things. Apologies, apologies. Hit <laughs> the wrong button, but here I am. Here I am. Um, yeah, not bad. I mean, first two no win in ages, first clean sheet in quite a while. Um, so something to be happy about. I know it's only Southampton, and we'll get into that. And but yeah, I don't. That's, given given what we've seen in, over the season, to to at least be in with a shot and still sort of have it in our hands is uh, is pretty mad. So fuck it, I'm all in on the optimism boat. Yeah. So. Chief, let's just kick off then. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't vintage Liverpool by any stretch of the imagination. It's, it's what we kind of knew we were going to see a few months ago for the rest of the season. It's grinded out. It's dogged out. It's trying, trying to come out on the right side of the odd goal and. You know, despite the anxiety of seeing the centre half partnership of Williams and Phillips, um, we do all right. They're not very good at the minute. They're just not. Um, and you know, we probably did enough. We create, we create more chances in the first half than probably we've created in a while. But again, it was that thing where we're just not sticking them away. And then Manny gets the goal, and we're reasonably comfortable. Would you say? I would say. I mean, I would. I would say so. Um, I think the first half were decent. Um, like, you're right. We're, we're not converting the chances, uh, but we create some really, some really quite presentable ones. Um, their keeper makes a couple of decent saves. <clears throat> I think notably from Jada. Um, and we snatch at a couple of them. Uh, Manny gets the goal. Um, and I think the main thing, I think the main thing about it is, I mean, I think the man of the match performer was was Allison. I think he, his 
determination to keep to keep it at nil was the main factor in the victory, really. <clears throat> I think our first goal comes after a, a great save um, by Allison, and and there are three or four times. Yeah, it's 40, 40 something seconds. It's less than a minute later. Absolutely, and and those are the sorts of things that um, when we were having our bad run, they were they were going against us. You know, we'd 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 concede that goal, we'd concede at the wrong time, um, we'd miss the chance to to go ahead, the guilt edge chance to go ahead and and then concede um, in in some form or another, whether it be whether it be a, a mistake or a deflection or or simply just. Uh, a good move by the opposition, but Scott, I, I remember saying it through the through our bad run and stuff is that what we have been doing for the last few seasons is is capitalising when we're on top, taking our chances when they come along, and if you create a chance and you take it, and you go one nil. Well, the game gets a bit easier, and if you can then go ahead and, and take your next chance or the one that comes along after that, and you go two nil. Well, hey, suddenly you're confident and. And uh, you're halfway there. So that hadn't been happening, hasn't been happening consistently enough this season. And, you know, let's be honest, if it hadn't been for Southampton being so so short of confidence and and of attacking prowess at the moment, obviously, you know, Danny Ings, Che Adams is is mostly cold. Um, He has been hot from time to time, but generally it hasn't really worked out for him at Southampton. Um, and they didn't really offer much going forward in terms of of, of a final threat of a, of an actual someone who was going to score um, and stick it in the net. But um, Allison was certainly required, despite that. And though his performance is massive, and for us to then go and score when we did was was huge. And um, to finally get a second later on in a game rather than to capitulate and, and concede, I think is massive as well. There are a lot of caveats, obviously. We've mentioned Southampton's uh, form and the fact that they, you know, they're, they have nothing to play for and, and all the rest of it. So it was it was it was a very blunt side that we came up against. And, you know, we also our game we had to we had to essentially babysit at least to a certain degree. Uh, Williams and, and Phillips as a partnership, even though Phillips played very well and, and you know Williams did all right. Um, you could certainly see in how we were playing that we were playing in a specific way to 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 maximise their strengths essentially and and to minimise you know exposure on their weaknesses, uh, particularly Williams. So um, you know there are a lot of things all around or going in there to, to, to explain why it perhaps wasn't the the most intense. Um, performance and, and, and most flowing performance by either side but it was an important win um, and all we can do is win so we've got to win our, all our games and then see where the chips fall so another four like that I'll, I'll take yeah yeah that's kind of the way it is Jay you know I'm not sure I would call it convincing by any stretch but you know a lot is going to be dictated by you know how we can kind of muddle through with, you know, it's not the way Quebec's out, obviously, um, was out, obviously out there for the weekend. Looks like he's not going to be available against United. And the way injuries have been for, this, for us this year, 
there's every chance that he might not play again the rest of the season. So, you know, how how comfortable were you with the two the two young fellas and on Saturday? Did you do you feel like there might be something there the table the table to see us through? No, in all honesty, not really. They're the only ones we got left, really. But like even the the mirage that is Ben Davis still can't make an appearance because apparently he had a knock again and being he must have had a knock from sitting on that bloody plastic seat on the bench. I don't know how. Um, you kind of feel for him, but then what was the point in getting him? Was it just to appease? some fans or what I don't know um, but if those two lads that we saw on Saturday line up on first against United then I'm, I'm sorry to say but I don't see any any joy coming from that game for us because United are, you know the way they're going to set up and the few threats that Southampton posed was mainly on pace and they just waited for the opportunity of our fullbacks to push forward, which they're always going to do because that's the natural instinct and that's the way we play. Um, and just hit us in the channels and they had Walcott, Teller, Adams and that that's all they waited for was that opportunity just to get in behind and it's not the fault of Phillips and Williams. They're just not blessed with pace. Like They try and you can see them. They are boosting their good to get back but they're just not blessed with pace it's just unfortunate that they're not um, and United have a lot of quite pacey attackers in Rashford Greenwood they probably dig out Dan James or something for this one um, Cavani might even outpace them it's just it's just what it is but if if we can get through and not be beaten then we might have a chance, but as you say, it, it depends on Kabak. I think if James Pierce has come out and it was Monday morning, we were recording this on a Monday night, obviously, and he said that Kabak's out for United and Fabinho will be starting at centre half. Now, I know he's got connections to the club, but how does he know the fitness of a lad? Unless it's a serious injury that we're covering up, as we've done many a time, to know that he's out for United because Klopp's press conference on Friday is words where we've got a couple of players with bumps and bruises, and we'll see. But there was no fresh injuries to the port. And they they were the words from Klopp's mouth. The only other injuries he spoke of was Henderson's out running, but he's still a long way away. And Gomez and Van Dijk, yeah, they're, they're just making progress. That, that was the only information we got given. So you would have took everything at face value and thought well there is no fresh injuries and when the, the news come in that Cater again not got a knock Milner probably expected because he's played quite a lot recently um, Davis well that was obvious and then Kabak was a bit of a shock um, they were out for Saturday so I mean even if we get Milner back maybe for for midweek and then you can drop Fabinho when at least it gives you something a bit more in the midfield. But if we are going to drop Fabinho back in there for Reese Williams, then that leaves you quite thin on the ground in midfield because we haven't got the options there. We, we're then scraping the barrel for trying to fill the midfield. And then, I mean, do we even want to debate what was on the bench on Saturday or not? Because <laughs> then, then you are scraping the barrel like the likes of Woodburn, Comesio, 
like these these lads Woodburn should have been out the club ages ago when Cometio was a kid. Um we are really, really thin on the ground and it's just a sign of the season. But yeah, bringing it back to the centre half. So if it, if it's those two on Thursday then I don't really see much hope. No, it it is it is a worry. There's no doubt about it. Um Beryl, I thought there's been a bit of debate around Thiago's performance. Um, there seems to always be debate around Thiago's performance. I don't know whether he's become one of these players that people have nailed their colours to the mast one way or another, no matter what happens. They're going to argue black is white and white is black. When generally, you know, it's always a mixture of both. But I think he's improving. I think he's gaining a bit more influence in games. Um, yeah, the performance wasn't perfect, but he gets his goal really well taken. His first touch deal with the space is fantastic. Um, but there's real signs there that he's growing in that side. And I feel like, you know, he might be influential over the next three or four games. Someone who's been there, done that, won things, dragged teams over the line, been that leader in the middle of the park. Um so, you know, what did you think of his performance? Do you think, do you, do you see a change or or is for you, is it just more of the same? Um, I, I like Thiago and I think he's a really, really good player. Um, you know, th- this was not the easiest uh, of seasons to to integrate in the, into this team. You know, imagine him playing in front of Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez or, or, or Joel Matip, uh, it, it would have been a, a really different story uh, to, for sure. And um, uh, I think, uh, you know, first half wasn't a very good performance. We, you know, the, the goal was a good goal, I think. We, we should have scored a lot more, but I think one of the, the, the mistakes we were making was that Fabinho was staying back and, you know, understandably so, because, you know, we need, we needed to babysit uh, Ned Phillips and babysitting uh, Reese Williams, so uh, it, it was understandable that that, uh, that we, he was staying back more than than our uh, normally our three-man def- uh, midfield does. But the, this meant that we uh, couldn't uh, press up front, and you know when your pressing game goes, then uh, Liverpool Liverpool's game goes. So I think. W- w- that was one of the key things that I took away from from the first half. And I, I, again, I didn't think it was a very good half. And second half, this changed, and and this uh, gave uh, Fabinho and and Gini Wijnaldum the, the uh, uh, and Thiago the freedom to to express themselves more. And 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 what we saw was, you know, Thiago being Thiago doing some. Some of the things that he he's really good at doing, um, you know, his his uh, his his uh, a trademark move uh, to, to dribble past someone, you know, feigning one way and 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 going uh, the other way, uh, the passes that you don't expect um, that look risky but but always find their target, but also uh, the Thiago of this season being um, uh, you know taking too much responsibility probably. Be- Probably because he wants to do more, because he wants to help the team, and I, I uh, and he did some of these things he did in uh, in this game as well. But I thought I thought it was really solid, and I think 
what pleased him most about his goal, uh, you know, very late on in the game was uh, the fact that uh, Klopp didn't substitute him, which he you know, tended to do. And he left him on for 90 minutes and, and he gave uh, the the, the uh, appropriate response to that by by scoring this, I think, very important goal because, you know, our... our our um, track record in defending a one-nil lead wasn't very good and very encouraging um, for you know the last uh, last few weeks. So you know it would have been a very very nervy time even against Southampton. So uh, you know that goal was very welcome and, and it, it changed um, probably you know I, I I wasn't confident at all that we would win this game until. Uh, we finished it off, and Thiago finished it off, and I was very happy. It, I, it was exactly what I was expecting him to to try, uh, but he also pulled it off. So I, I saw encouragement for uh, for my own view of, of, on Thiago of being a player who could be very important for for Liverpool, and you know he he couldn't be uh, this season because of injuries, because of uh, his own injury, but also the injury to other key players, um, which. Um, you know, um, meant that he needed to do different things, or meant that he needed to do more things than he uh, he was, you know, supposed to do. So I expect a lot from him next year, next year, next season. You know, if, if um, I, I would say that statistics, uh, you know, um, uh, would would argue that we can't have uh, as much of bad luck as we have this year. <laughs> Let's not jinx it. I will just, you know, knock on my wooden hat and um, and there you have it. And um, so uh, I I was I was very happy that that he could play a more important role and I expect even more from him. Yeah, um, you know, there's no doubt in his quality. But again, there's there's still moments during the game when I'm watching. I'm thinking, good God, what are you doing? You know, there was the there was the the flicked back heel to Trent on the edge of our own penalty, like literally on the edge of our own box, and I'm like, big lad, what are you at? You should know better than that. Of all people, you should know better than that. But at the same time, you know, you can't doubt the quality, Chief. You just can't. And Barrow's right. Everything we talk about and everything we have talked about this season. There's just dozens of caveats surrounding them, and it's only fair to acknowledge that when we do discuss certainly performances like Thiago's and, and give considerations, because it's been the way it is for so long. We're in danger of kind of losing sight of the fact that there's still massive, massive issues with this with this team, and that knock-on effect is it's palpable, you know. But are you seeing him? get the grips with things a little bit more, um, maybe be, you know, less rash, feel like he has to prove less, feel like he has to show his physical capability less with the, the reputation of the league and things like that and just being a bit more controlled? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there was necessarily all... Uh, I don't necessarily... No, if it, if it was that that was making him sort of be so combative in inverted inverted commas <laughs> um, earlier in the season, I just <laughs> I think a lot of that came down to the fact that Fabinho wasn't there 
and there was nobody there doing that job, and Thiago had to had to chase and had to snap in, and you know, obviously we um, we sort of uh, there were a few tackles that were highlighted, a few rash ones. He gets it, picks up a few yellows and whatever. But you know, to be fair to him, he, he's a consummate professional. So if he picks up a yellow, it's water off a duck's back. You know, he's not going to get a second one. Um, and he always reined it in and never was never in danger really of, of doing it. Uh, I would agree that he has um, he has looked a little bit more settled in recent weeks, but I would say that's connect that again to sort of Fabinho coming back to the midfield. I mean, I think Thiago was bought very much as the final piece of of um, you know the midfield puzzle, if you will. I think there was no doubt that that Henderson and um, Henderson and Fabinho were the the, the linchpins, the the mainstays. And uh, it, it was clear that Genie was potentially moving on and, and wasn't likely to be offered another contract. Uh, we we obviously have Kaida, we have Milner, um, but and, and Oxley Chamberlain, of course. But what was the the thing we were missing? It was someone who can who can unpick defenses when we're playing against that low block. Well, that's brilliant, but. It's no good whenever you can't play him in front of the two you wanted to play him in front of when neither of them are playing in midfield and you've got him running around with Genie Wijnaldum who who he was maybe supposed to replace and you know a another sometimes Milner sometimes in a two Kaida here and there when he's fit and in front of centre backs who never played together and. Um, and some of whom had never played for Liverpool before before this season. So, so I mean, you're absolutely right. It's it's caveats everywhere, and it is one for for really judging him. You're gonna have to wait until you know. Judge, obviously, we judge him as a player, and he's 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 a class player. We knew that. That's why we signed him. That's why he came. That's why we're so excited. That's why we wanted him. But to judge him as a Liverpool player, I don't think we. I don't think it's fair to to really even start doing it on this season because. Because he's just been fighting fires, and he's been asked to, you know, plug gaps and and you know do his best basically as a as a body, a fit body, and that's when he has been fit. Don't, let's not forget after his first forty five minutes for us, he was out for three months because Richarlison maimed him. So um, add all this, getting getting to know a new place during a pandemic, when you can't go out, and you can't socialize, and you can't even meet your mates, you can't do anything. I mean. It's got to be harsh. It's got to be really a hard, hard thing to do. So, yeah, I think we'll, we'll leave off on the on on the sweeping judgments until we've got a good body of evidence from next season. But I think when you see that midfield, a settled midfield in front of in front of a Van Dijk and a Gomez, or a Van Dijk and a Kabak, or a Van Dijk and a Konate, or Gomez and a Konate, or whatever, two really good centre backs with the proper midfield with Thiago in it. Then we'll see why we signed him, and I think I think that's mouthwatering. It's a mouthwatering prospect. I mean, have we ever seen it? Did we see it for forty-five minutes at Goodison? You know, with 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 the first, I think we did maybe with the first choice midfield and the first choice. No, because Van Dijk had already gone off. So we yeah, Van Dijk was off twenty minutes or something, wasn't it? Yeah, and Thiago doesn't come on to half time. So Thiago's never played, obviously, in in a team with with Virgil in. So you put that. You put that spine together, and my God, you've got a hell of a, a hell of a human there. But um, when it's broken or removed, then it's it's it yeah, it's, it can't stand up right, can it? So that's where we are. 
Um, but certainly the goal will help. It always helps getting your first goal. Um, and maybe playing in front of the 10,000 fans on uh, final day of the season will, will give them all a big boost as well in that regard. Um, but I, I don't think we have any worries about it going forward. No, we shouldn't be worried about a player of that standard. Um, and he has shown that, that the quality is there, and you're absolutely right. Um, Jay, there, the question marks have been floated at a few players. You know, Wijnaldum, to me, has always had his detractors. I personally like him as a player, but he just looks dead on his feet at the minute. Um, you know, he's, he's almost a victim of his constant availability because he's probably played more minutes than anybody this season, bar maybe Andy Robertson. Um, but he looks just out of gas at the moment. And I think it would be fair that same sort of accusations could maybe be placed towards Bobby Firmino, where he has also had his detractors over, over the course of time for a variety of ridiculous and nonsensical reasons. But I think it is fair to say that his, his form hasn't quite been there this year. And it's no surprise that he has probably dropped out more often than the other two, certainly Salah, when John has been available and, and decided to be put in from the start. So, you know, maybe not so much in one album because, you know, we know we know he's probably only going to play, you know, three more games or whatever it is, four more games in Liverpool shirt. But where are where are, are you on on Firmino at the minute? Uh, it's time we moved on from him as a starter. Is probably where I am. Um, not out the squad. He's, he's serviceable for probably another year or two, and I just don't see where he would go anyway if yeah. we were to try and flog him. Yeah, the funny thing I see with Firmino for me though is you, you know that the, your eyes are telling you he's, he's not really that effective from the bench. And obviously he comes on, he, he wins the ball and makes the goal on Saturday, but that's usually not the case. You know, usually he comes on and finds it difficult to, to make its way into the games. He is a player that needs a run of, run of games at the side and needs form. So at A, I'm not sure where how much value he is as a squad player and the other thing is you think if we're going to move him on it's going to really have to be now no. you yeah. know <laughs> yeah um i think he's serviceable if we, if we change shape if we go more to a 4231 and play him in the the 10 or off the the main number 9 however however you want to want to put it if you play him in that more advanced role of the two midfield two off the striker, where he's not got to do all the running, because as much as he is really good at pressing, and you could see that from when, when he come on at the weekend, our press did get a little bit better. We we seem to close down a bit faster. Obviously, he's coming on and he's sharper than Jota, who's been playing for 70-odd minutes, but... Jota just seems to be going a little bit through the motions, a bit like Bob Bobby was maybe three or four months ago when when we didn't have Jota. He just seems to be going through games and not quite looking a hundred percent. Maybe we've rushed him back. Maybe it's just you know a confidence thing or something. I don't know. Um, 
But Bobby did seem to to come on and, and have a little bit more impact and, and sort of give us a little bit more of a, of a buzz up top. Um, and so so maybe that that that's his role next season if we do switch shape and we go four two three one in games and that's where Bobby gets the starts because you know he. If you look at what we've had there this season, then you know it's he's sort of competing with what, like maybe Shakiri as as that role. If that if that was the role that Firmino was going to take up in the squad, where he was off the bench for certain games, but then you know games at Anfield against the likes of Norwich, Brighton, where they're probably going to sit in Burnley, whatever, and you you need another smart mind, quick feet on the ball um, in and around the penalty area, then. You know that there's plenty of games for them um, next season, but I I just I just struggle to see where we'd move him on to and and would he would he want to move like you look at like we we've tried to flog Origi and he's just not wanted to go for for whatever reason or another and would Bobby want to go where would he go like the obvious thing would be Spain because he's a Brazilian lad and that tends to be the destination for a lot of Brazilian players but. None of the big three are going to have him. Sevilla possibly don't really like to spend big cash on, on big names. They tend to, if get them, they get them on a free like David Rakitic. And you can't really see him dropping down to like Betis, Valencia sort of level. You'd, you'd maybe think he, he probably fancies himself as one more big move. Possibly Italy, but again, where would he go? And you, you're sort of scratching your head and I'm not an expert on European football and teams he could go to, but he's a unique player and I think he'd sort of need a unique system and style of play. And those sort of style of plays come with teams who are brave or who are in, in the top end of the table. And is the spaces for Firmino? Probably not, in all honesty. Yeah, it, it's a difficult one. Um, we're gonna I, have I to... mean, I'd, I'd keep him. But I just wouldn't have him as a starter because I, I it, it's so cliche. But he's just not a number nine. Like for what we for what we need, and this season more than ever, I think it's shown. Like we we just need someone to put the ball in the back of the net. I said that in in our chat last night, didn't I? I think it was like United, and I know Beryl said obviously the cash issue, but Cavani, Van Persie, Larson, players they've had over the years who just put the ball on the back of the net uh, and if, if we were to have someone like that in the squad unfortunately Bobby's not that guy for us and we, we probably have missed that this season well you know we do have Salah and he is the second top goal scorer in the league but I do take your point where when you're talking about all those those players at United what they also had was they had a, they had a Rooney chipping in with maybe 15 goals a season or they had a Berbatov chipping in, or a Shainham chipping in, or, you know, they'd always... We've not had that with Mane or Bobby this season. Or... And I think that really is the issue. We haven't had that with Mane or, Mane or Bobby. And I think I looked at it, I looked at it the other day, I think, before Mane scored against Southampton at the weekend, Jota, Firmino and Mane had scored three more league goals than Salah combined. combined. Which just, you know, it's just not really, it's not really what you, it's not really what you need. Um, you know, there's there's five Manchester City players, I think, in double figures in the league this season. 
Um, I mean, arguably you put Salah into the nine next season because he's played there, but then you then need a wide option from the right who is going to chip in with a dozen goals. So it's, do you find one? And this question is to be asked, isn't it? But it boils down to money's going to have to be spent somewhere to to make up the lack of goal. I know we've had good seasons with these lads, but you know they're not getting any younger, and time will tell with everything. Like you do, just slow down with age, and we need something there. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, Beryl. Just just on that point, then. <sighs> We probably do, and Jay's right. We have we've tried to move players on, and it hasn't worked in, in previous seasons. Certainly last season, and we are going to have to try and manufacture deals like that this year if we're going to go and do what we're we're talking about doing in the summer. Because let's not forget, we're going to have to spend probably at least sixty million pounds on a couple of centre halves. So you know, who do you conceivably see going aside from you know the obvious? Choices the you know you'd expect Origi to go you'd expect the likes of Woodburn and if Ojo still on loan to get moved on and and Shakiri potentially but you know where are you where are you on maybe the Madaps or the Kaidas or the Oxley Chamberlains of this world um, do you see us moving anybody on or trying to move anybody on that might come as a little bit of a shock. Um. <clears throat> I'm not sure if it if it would come as a shock. <laughs> I, I think I think both Naby Keita and, and Oxlade Chamberlain, um, you know Oxlade Chamberlain, and I've said this uh, many times before uh, here that uh, you know he, he needs to move on just just to, to, to salvage his own career. It's uh, <clears throat> it's not you know he, he can sit on the bench uh, at Liverpool all he wants, but um, he, he he doesn't get the playing time to to. Um, you know, uh, nominally uh, come back to to the levels that he showed before the the two very uh, uh, grave injuries that he has suffered, and and I've I've also said you know a, a club like Southampton you know with, with which uh, with with whom he has a uh, he has a bond uh, um, you know coming from there. You know, not that I'm trying to broker a deal here, but you know, a club like that on that that stature in the Premier League, he would probably be a very good, good player for them. And you know, we could uh, take their uh, um, what's his name, Ward Prowse, from them, and then I, I would be happy with that. Uh, even if you know, and more so if 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 it were was with closed purses, it, it will be call it in, in Dutch, you know, just uh, a straight swap. I think I don't think that will happen, but. Uh, that would be a good deal. Um, Nabi Keita, I, I've, I've lost patience with him, and uh, I, I, I really liked him when he played well. And and and, and we, you, you talked about Thiago, that there's been some debate about you know, how, how how well he performs, um, uh, has performed, uh, to put it um, like that. Um, you know, there's always some confirmation bias. You, you see the things that you want to see and you ignore the things that you don't want to see. But, um, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the away game against uh, Real Madrid was, for me, was, was uh, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, uh, the, the last drop that, that made the, the, uh, the, the bucket flow over. Uh, however way you want to put it, 
I'm not at all convinced anymore that he can he can uh, perform in this uh, in this uh, Liverpool team in the way we want him to perform. Um, the, he seems to lack something, and I, I I don't know what it is. I I, I thought it was his physicality. Um, I'm not sure that it's that anymore. I, I I think he will be moved on. I think he he needs to go to just to salvage his uh, salvage his own career. And um, uh, I've heard rumors about him going to Dortmund. It would probably be a very good idea. You know, um, he he knows Germany. He knows the German league, and I I think he's well well accustomed to, to that league. Matip, I'm not so sure. I I, I think, you know, who would take him? He has probably, uh, you know, not the the most massive wages uh, uh, at Liverpool, but but still, uh, where could he go to? Uh, who could afford him? And and you know, taking into account that that he might break break down with an injury, so I don't think he will go. I think he will just run down his contract, and we we could maybe uh, use him a couple of times. Uh, and and uh, I love Joel Matip's. Um, defending, but also you know the the, the cult uh, figure that he has become. So I I think um, Keita and Oxley Chamberlain, you know, might very well go and and uh, probably need to go. And I don't think that that would be a shock to them to leave. I think um, this season has been you know we, we can talk about it uh, uh, you know and. It's 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 the same old things that we have to say because you know they're true. Everything has been turned upside down by not only by COVID but also by these uh, by the 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 the, the pandemic injuries in our own selection. Um, and and that that has um, has changed everything. And I I I think that if we want to cling on. Uh, we we weren't managed, uh, you know. We 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 couldn't manage to 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 um, capitalize on on our newfound, um, you know. We, we were the dominant team in, in in England, and now we're not anymore, not by a long stretch. And if we want to catch up again, we need to to invest. I'm not sure FSG will or can, but you know there are some signs that they maybe could. And that would also mean that you need to shed some um, dead weight, if I can call it uh, that. You know, not very. Um, I'm not respecting them that like that, but <laughs> I, I think it, it is fair to say so. Yeah, I think it's fair as well. And, and chief, you know, this season of all seasons has thrown into stark reality how important it is to have players who can stay fit and available. And these guys that we're talking about, it's not even necessarily a quality issue, but we need to replace a certain number of players in the squad with boys that you can actually get on the pitch when you need them. And we've seen these guys in the past, and you know, you're going to have people that, that will defend them right up until the last, the likes of your Daniel Sturridge's who, as much as everybody loves Daniel Sturridge, it came a point probably three seasons later than it should have that we finally moved them on. Um, And we would have liked to have moved them on in hindsight much, much earlier than we eventually did. Um, Because there's that constant question around these players as well, what if? And 
I'm sure that's in the manager's head or when he gets fit. And you really don't want those questions to even have to be asked. You want players that are genuine Alden, that are just available all the time and you can call on as and when you need them. So, you know, are you are you kind of on the same wavelength as Birol here? Are those the guys that you're talking about moving on? And, you know, how realistic is it going to be to be able to do that? Excuse me. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think everyone would would say the same. There are a few players in the squad that you you would expect might move on because, well, for various reasons, but but certainly with the likes of Oxley Chamberlain and Kaida that they haven't been able to cement their place in the starting lineup because of injuries and repetitive injuries. Um, they've both shown that they possibly, uh, well, they, they probably could have contributed, but unfortunately the, the injuries have um, have taken their toll. And I don't know if you persist any longer. The, the question with someone like Kaida is, you paid sixty million for him. What are you going to get for him now? If 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 he's if you try and sell him this summer, so and and who's going to buy him? Well, you know, I think if you can sell, if if you're offering him out at twenty twenty five mil, you probably do have buyers. But do you want to take such a massive hit? And who's going to buy him at, at forty or fifty? Um, given that he's he's barely started ten games in the last couple of seasons, ten league games. So, I mean, I think that's a question. And I think it's similar with Oxley Chamberlain. Where's he going to go? Maybe, maybe back to Southampton. Maybe you know another Theo Walcott style. Um, but who can you who can you really see taking a punt on him? Obviously, Divock. We've wanted. To, well, it's the rumours are that we've wanted to, to sell him a few times, but he hasn't been interested in the move. Is that going to change this year? Will it have to? Is his contract up or nearly up? Um, who knows? But I think there are players that we will want to get rid of. Probably maybe Shakiri as well is another one. Um, obviously, then there's the likes of Ben Woodburn. Um, who's your other lad uh, who was at Bournemouth? Harry Wilson. He's another one who's, who's still on our on our books. Maybe we'd, we'd like to move him on. But I think it's been been sort of um, talked about a little bit already uh, by ourselves, maybe not tonight, but uh, certainly on other podcasts that we've, we've talked about the signings that, that are potentially going to come in this summer. And if FSG don't want to fall further behind, I'm pretty positive they don't. Um, and given that they've barely spent anything net spend wise the last couple of summers, um, I think we're, we are going to see some movement. I think we're we're pretty. We're pretty um, heavily, heavily, heavily linked to Basuma. We're heavily, looks like Kanate seems to be pretty much done for the release clause. Uh, Kabak seems a no-brainer that it's it's going to be done. He's going to be done. Uh, there's talk of a forward. So so there are going to be players coming in, which means inevitably there are going to be players going out. A Joel Matip, if you can get anything for him, you know, if you're signing two centre backs and you, you you're maybe going to keep Nat Phillips around as well, obviously you got Virgil and, and Joe Gomez to come back. If you can get anything for Joel Matip, maybe you do move him on. Um, because yeah, like you said, there's no point in having them if they um, if they can't if they can't contribute essentially. 
Um, and there is a, there are a few of them in there, particularly in if if, if you look at Matip, uh, for example, where it's a rec- and and Chamberlain and Kaida, where it's a recurrent thing, and it is it is a Daniel Daniel Sturridge situation. Uh, Matip maybe being the exception because he obviously put together that season for us when we when we won the Champions League. Um, but certainly with the other two, they're reaching Daniel Sturridge territory. You know, it's, it's almost fabled at this point. Um, what? Uh, and again, at least Sturridge had had that season, whereas we've only see, we've only really seen flashes from from the others. So I think if you if you can get money for these players, I, I think you you want to do it. It's a good time to move them on. Plus, you need to get them off the wage bill, and um, you know, it is what it is. But it'll be interesting to see what what happens this summer with COVID seemingly on the wane. Certainly in in the UK and and potentially now across Europe with the vaccinations and stuff and fans coming back to the stadiums um, over the next few weeks and for the Champions League final and and so on and so on and so on. So um, we've got the Euros as well to go through. So you could find it it, it all kind of kickstarts again and there is a market for these players and um, let's hope that that let's hope that the, that's the case because you know you don't want another stagnant year where only the only the very elite, very richest clubs can 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 do any business yeah um a hundred percent it's really really difficult really difficult jay to see where the market's going to go um and and that might that might just sway these guys to saying let's just do it now because we don't know what they're going to be worth in a year's time um and let's be honest Chief is right. What he's saying, you know, are you, are you going to are you going to take that much of a head on Kaida? But the question you maybe should be asking yourself is if we don't do it now, how much how much are we going to lose out on if we if we don't sell him the next year? Given he's a year closer to the end of his contract, he might again go through another season where he's not able to put a run of games together and his reputation's damaged further. Um, and then you might not know the, the knock on effect from from the whole pandemic situation and how that's going to impact football so it's decisions are going to have to be made Chief's absolutely right and, and then the other side of the coin is you're looking at replacing with Alden you're looking at bringing in two centre halves and if you're talking the three names that have been thrown about which are Basuma Kanate and and Quebec on a permanent deal that's a hundred million pounds and that's just for those three. And people are talking about we need another midfielder on top of that. And we need another forward, as was talked about as well. Like, I'm going to be really honest with you. I just don't see that happening unless there literally is a mass exodus of players in the summer. The other thing that had to be considered as well is we're pretty tight on the, we're pretty tight on the, on the foreigners overseas situation as well, aren't we? Yeah. Um, well, on on the finance thing, I was listening to a, a different podcast and they they broke down the finances of Liverpool because our financial report came out about two weeks ago or something like that, um, and they got into the the meat and bones of the fact of um, a lot of our money shelled out for players three years ago, four years ago, was on deals that were spread over time and they're pretty much paid up for this summer. Um, which frees up a certain amount of money, you would imagine. And, and because we've not really spent in previous windows, the only ones we've then got on a sort of 
left to pay basis is Jota and Thiago. Um, which, <laughs> thinking back, was Thiago, what, 25, something like that? Um, yeah, Jota was about 40. And there's Jota. also that Greek fella that I've never seen before. Oh, Simicus. I uh, remember him. Yeah. Uh, he was around about 11, I think. Uh, but the, the Jota one, you've also probably got to factor in that we sold them Keanu Hoiva for, I think it was around about 8 million rising to 12. So that, there's a little bit of discounts on there. Um, but in terms of what we've got left to pay, it's only those couple of lads on like big payments where in recent years we've had to continue paying the likes of Allison and Van Dyke and Fabinho money and whatever. So in terms of money in the pot, we should have a healthy amount to spend. Then obviously it, it goes down to what money have you got next season, depending on where we finish in the league. Are we in Champions League, Europa League or nothing? Um, that'll be a factor, you'd imagine, and that also would possibly a factor in attracting certain players. If it shouldn't be, because the appeal of Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp and what we've done in recent times should be a, a big enough draw. But you will have some players that will be wanting Champions League. But then, if that's all they're interested in, then they're probably not the player for us or Jurgen Klopp anyway. Um, and then also raising money from players and as you have said like we, we've got to just take whatever's off, offered to us at some point I think it was last season we were trying to hold out for an extra £2 million from Burnley for Harry Wilson and we didn't get it and then he ended up going out on loan to Cardiff and he's not really featured much until the latter half of the season now he's going to the Euros with Wales now if he has a decent Euros that could bump his price up Um there's a lot of players to go um, and I, I want to get your opinion on this like Nat Phillips w- would you cash in now this summer because for me I, I think you would in terms of going back and looking at Dimit Origi the Champions League year he barely featured but when he did it was key and his price was probably what 20 million plus you'd be lucky to get 8 to 12 now at most I think with Nat Phillips, we couldn't shift him on last year. And now you're probably looking at a £10 million player, which we didn't have on our hands last summer. And if we are bringing in Kanata and Kabak and we've got Van Dijk and Gomez to come back, and you've, God forbid, Ben Davis is actually a player, and you've got Fabinho we can fill in there, would you not cash in on Phillips and take the money that is potentially there for us, what we didn't have last summer? Yeah, absolutely. No question. You're not going to get it if you if you if you keep him at what fifth choice, and he drops into mediocrity and plays half a dozen games in the cups. That ten million goes two million next summer. Yeah, well, I think I'll take this back to to a situation. Um, probably about twenty years ago now, uh, and this is when I kind of realised that that is probably the most prudent option was the Milan-Barros situation. Barros was a decent footballer. Um, Ran was was able to kind of see where he was going, even though his head was always looking directly <laughs> at his feet, which, yes. was, which was mad. He must have had unbelievable peripheral vision. Um, but he was top scorer, I think, um, 
in Euro 2004. Is that right? I think he was top goal scorer in that Euros. Yeah. The Czechs had a good side, and that was really yeah, the time was. we should. Yeah, and that was really the time we should have moved him on. And it wasn't until I think the year after, or maybe even the year after that, we shifted him on to Villa for maybe six or seven million or something. But we could have got twice that at the time. And we all knew the player that he was, but you see mad things been done when players have good European tournaments. You know, Karl Poborski springs to mind. We've done it ourselves uh, with our lucky juif. A hundred percent. And Origi. Don't forget yeah. just, just while we're on it. So, you know, I think if a player is going to be sold at any given time, I think you should understand his value. You should understand where he is in the pecking order and you should understand how close he is to the quality of footballers that we need and expect and require at Liverpool Football Club. And Matt Phillips just isn't of that quality. Not for first choice, not for fourth choice, not for fifth choice. You know, that's just the way it is. Um, but we, so we, I would, we can't price ourselves out. So it's what, what I can see us actually probably doing. Sure, well, we, we, we have to learn from mistakes. The likes of... Like Wilson and Gruwich last year, we were holding out for permanent moves, and the word was they will not be loaned out. And lo and behold, the pair of them went out on loan. Yeah, like we we just got to bite the bullet, and if if we want twelve for said so, so them two lads in question, Gruwich and Wilson, if we want twelve, and the best we're going to get is eight, then we've just got to take the eight. Well, that's it, and you think you, you think that we would have learned from last year, um, but you, but you just don't know. You just don't know. The other thing about these boys is you need these guys off the wage bill. It's, oh, yeah. It, it's absolutely massive. I think people talk about transfer fees an awful lot. Um, but realistically, the majority of, of expenditure from any football club, particularly at the top level, goes on player wages. So it's how much you're paying these guys. Now, you know, the, the, the silver lining, if you really want to call it that, that really is pushing the boat out for glass half empty of not really having any sort of success this year is the club shouldn't neither have to pay the Bonus. the bonuses which we know are considerable against the players contracts at the club because their contracts are very much performance based so hopefully there's a few quid there that can go but we do need some of these we need a lot of these guys off off the way there's a lot of them um, for me if you shift if you shift Harry Wilson and go with John for let's say 15 million being realistically what we could probably recoup for both of the lads plus their wages funds come back and that's a player that we probably have an investor future in where these two lads we've got nothing yeah you've got to look at it that sort of way and, and then you've got the likes of if Shakiri and Ox aren't going to feature but you can recoup 25 million and 200 160 grand a week combined wages then that probably goes and gets you a player that is going to feature and be available I mean it does sound like fancy football football manager stuff but like you know we've got to just do the obvious things sometimes and we just doesn't seem like we have for the recent transfer windows yeah uh, you know I think players going out was always a strength of ours as well and I think maybe we're we're suffering from being able to sell players to Bournemouth for a while for ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous amounts of money and thought that we were able just to get but away with that. They might come back and the playoffs. 
They might, but I'll tell you what, Brad Smith will not be playing left back and Jordan <laughs> I will not be playing right wing. So, um, so yeah. Um, okay, Beryl, let's, um, let's just take a look ahead. Let's just take a quick look ahead to United then. Um, you know, it, it kind of is must win, isn't it? Um, we're, we're just... We're just at the stage now. Um, we're, we've left ourselves absolutely no room for error. But the strange thing is, our form's actually decent in the league. It's it's four wins from six, unbeaten in six. Um, I think it's something like unbeaten in maybe nine or ten, if you exclude the the Madrid debacle away from home. So, you know, we do have a better form. Um, but obviously there's there's the issues at centre back United seem to be this team that just keep on being able to win somehow. Fair play to them, and they've got lots and lots of really good players. Let's be honest, so it shouldn't really be a surprise to anybody that, that they're up the top end of the table. But given our situation, given our form, given our inability to stick the the ball in the back of the net as often as we should, and given the two lads that are likely to, going to be playing centre half. What do you, what do you see? Do you see a do you see a Fabinho switch to the back? Um, who do you see coming in the middle of the park? What do you think he's going to do up top with the three? Mm, well, uh, you know, uh, let's start with the assumption that this is a must-win. I'm not sure it is. Um, you know, f- for me, it is. Because I, I think Manchester United will will do their best to lose against Leicester and do their best to win against us. Um, so you know um, we had a, 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 a three goal, a, a three point swing against Leicester that we needed to to, to, to find. But you know, in, 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 if if Manchester United were, were to um, were to succeed in what they try to do, then you know that it would be impossible to to. to find a fourth uh, 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 the top four um, but uh, I'm not sure um, that we necessarily need to win I, I think if we would uh, take a point then that might be enough in the long run because I think Leicester City are crumbling and, and they have been uh, you know Vardy hasn't been in form for all of the season I, I think and and, and Ianacho, I don't know where he finds the goals from, but you know he has been dreadful for 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 I think three seasons in a row now, and now he finds some goals. But uh, again, this is a hot streak, so I'm not not sure he will uh, be able to to bail them out any longer. Um, and I don't know how long Johnny Evans will be out. So I I, I see I, I I could see them crumbling, and if they crumble, we don't need. Three points at, uh, at Old Trafford. Uh, I would really like three points at Old Trafford, but um, I've been watching Manchester United, and, and um, as we talked about uh, um, this uh, pre-pod, uh, it's, it's it's a strange turnaround from from you know us being. Um, I think we were uh, uh, points ahead of them, but if they would have won, they would have taken the the the, uh, the top of the league position for the first time for a long while uh, at Anfield and, and this is in December um, we were lots better than them but you know weren't able to capitalize on it but then 
we have this position now that uh, you know they seem to be they have some black magic in uh, with which they <laughs> they they win games they they don't play very you know that their their tactical setup isn't very interesting but there's some flow to their game and they have uh, they have goal scorers they have they have you know Mason Greenwood scores goals uh, Anderson Cavani scores goals Rashford scores goals Bruno Fernandes scores goals and uh, you know the referees score Penalties. goals for them yeah it's it's and you know if if you just look at at the game against uh, Aston Villa they they concede they go in behind uh, um uh, they get a penalty and you know it's a bit of a gift uh, and Mason Greenwood makes uh, makes a handball and uh, and you know I think any other team would have gotten would have gotten a, a penalty uh, against them but they don't <coughs> and then um I think uh, I don't know if you've seen the Ollie Watkins situation you know the, uh, their keeper and it's 3-1 at that point, so it's, it's maybe not as important as it would have been. But the, the keeper comes rushing out, uh, Henderson, and uh, you know Ollie Watkins can go nowhere, but you know uh, tries to avoid uh, the collision and and goes down, and and he gets uh, awarded a, a, not a penalty but a second yellow, and you know he he, he just he couldn't go go anywhere. So it's 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 very strange to to see that as a as a dive but um you know you you could just as a referee could also say it's not a penalty but uh, it's also not a not a dive but you know he he chose and he being a Kavanaugh, to to give them uh, give uh, only watkins a second yellow and, and this is uh, um the the kind of uh, rub of the green or better said the rub of the referee uh, a yellow nowadays that they seem to get very consistently and you know if they get all of that against us then you know we don't stand a chance the last game we played at them uh, against them at Old Trafford was uh, in the in the FA Cup and we were better all game but they were better at scoring goals and and not conceding them and I remember Reese Williams making a big mistake there so um, if he uh, is to play you know maybe he makes amends um more likely he's you know he, he he is still very young he's one year younger than than ozan kabak um but he's not very very quick on the turn and 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 rashford and greenwood are um so you know uh, their uh, strengths uh, are exactly at the points that we have our weak points so if kabak doesn't play i would play Fabinho at the back. Uh, I'm not a fan of that, but uh, again, if we don't need to win, if you say a point is enough, I would play Fabinho at the back and, and you know just try to be conservative and and you know hit them uh, the same way and and play with uh, with Mane and Salah up top and, and with a midfielder extra. It could be Curtis Jones. It could also be Firmino, but you know playing further back, uh, you know on, on the midfield, you could say. Yeah, I I have I always have hope. I always back us, but you know, it's, I'm I'm not as confident I would as I would have been uh, a year ago. Yeah, Chief, it's it's not one I'm looking forward to. Not that I've looked forward to a lot of games recently, but this one's this one's given me extra incentive to stay away from the TV. Um, 
they're they're in form and you know they've got they've just got match winners. They've got they're always ready. They're just guys that can stick with goal in the net. Mason Greenwood's twelve or something, and he's he's five goals in his last five games. Um, and then you throw Rashford, um, Cavani, Fernandez into the mix. Um, they've got pace, bags of pace all over the pitch, and you know they're a team that notoriously have got the rub of the green over the years and continue to get the rub of the green and. The other thing to say is our, our record at Old Trafford in recent years has been pretty dismal under Klopp. I think the the only time the only time we won there and did we even win there was was in the Europa League. We drew one each. We so we drew. So I don't think Klopp's actually ever won at Old Trafford. No. So it, you I know, mean, I think I think in that though you sort of it all rolls into one and that. It doesn't really matter how good United's form is either, or Liverpool's form, because this game will be turgid. <laughs> and both teams will play it differently to how they normally play. And it'll probably finish 0-0 or 1-1. Um, and I'd be happy enough with that, because I think we probably would still be in the mix for it. Um <laughs> You say, I mean, I say that given that we're, we're you're expecting that Kabak is, is not fit, so it's it's Fabinho at the back alongside Phillips at, at the best, which weakens us in midfield, and and at worst, then it's it's Reese Williams and and it was the Williams the Williams sisters <laughs> Williams brothers sounds like a, a 70s band at um, at the back, uh, obviously no relations, but it is both. Both have Williams. Oh no, it's Williams and Phillips. Obviously, stupid of me, but the pair of them basically two who you wouldn't normally have starting. And if you've got them up against, as you say, Rashford, Cavani, and so on, they're, they're probably going to get found out. I mean, it's fair, fair enough. They're high, high quality strikers. Cavani's really showing, um, showing top, top form, and showing what a clever, classy player he is. Um, he really is, isn't he? Fucking annoy me. I hate, I hate the way United seem to pull them off. Like Ibrahimovic was one, Van Persie on sharing them. They just sometimes they said they bought some crap as well. They bought Falcao and whatever. Like that, that didn't work. But often they get the Larson was another one that was mentioned earlier. Just top players at the end of their careers who can just keep sticking the ball in the net and who seem to help the players around them as well. Um. So if you are starting with, with a Phillips Williams back to their centre back parent, or even a, a Fabinho Phillips centre back parent, you're up against it. And I would take a draw if you're starting there. If somehow Quebec's fit, you can put Fabinho in the midfield. You've got Quebec and Phillips at the back. You've got a chance. Go for it. But I think it will be. I mean, even even the season we we finished one point off City, we get a draw at Old Trafford. And Klopp gets a little bit accused of not going for it enough and of playing the occasion because there are no great shakes and we are. And we still get a nil-nil, I think it is. And in the end, it costs us. Um, but he's happy with it at the time. And the same happens with Goodison. He plays these games differently. And to be honest, United do as well. They, they 
I mean, there have been a lot of draws recently, haven't there? Yeah, it was 1-1 last year as well, Alana later on. Yeah. And I can just say, wasn't it, wasn't it a draw earlier in the season or did they beat us? I can't remember. No, it was 0-0, I think. 0-0. was 0-0. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, I would not be surprised to see a low-scoring draw or even a no-score draw. Um, and with Beryl, though, I think this could could rumble on and on. With Leicester, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm just interested to see what happens. To be honest, a lot of it's going to be contextualised by what happens um, on Tuesday night, Leicester against against United. Obviously, we've heard that United are probably going to make some changes. It won't be the reserves, though. I mean, they're, they're bound to have a few of their players out there, and, and Leicester have kind of collapsed. Um, so it'll be interesting. That well, they are, they are collapsing. They are collapsing. I mean, say that's a draw. You know, then we 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 can probably afford not to not to win, uh, but it might just then give us the extra incentive, give the lads the extra incentive to go out and make sure they get the three points. So there's still a lot of variables here, um, but I w- I would be very pleasantly surprised if Liverpool go to Old Trafford and get three points. Yeah. So Jay, just you know, finally. Um, do you think it's must win if Leicester win tomorrow night? Must not lose if Leicester okay. win tomorrow night. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I mean, Rodgers and Leicester are conspiring to fall apart yet again. Um, we'll all be waiting to see what side Solskjaer puts out. And I, I know I joked before about the reserves and stuff, but. They, they will put they'll put a decent line out. Like they, they've got a decent enough squad. Um, it's just how Leicester approach the occasion. Are they going to approach it with maybe the same mentality that we will, where it's just don't get beat, especially considering what happened to them on Friday against Newcastle. I didn't watch the game, um, but by all intents and purposes, were they four 0 down before they got the two goals back? I don't know. Um, but they they'll probably go there with the mentality of we, we can't afford to lose but it's Rodgers he's egotistical he'll probably shoot himself in the foot hope he, hope he will anyway um, I mean as you as you mentioned before going into our lineup, if if Kabak's fit then that's a bonus if not then I think there's no option but to play Fabinho back there and maybe for me, I, I put Curtis Jones in. Like he's a local lad, he knows what this match means. Like like what a derby means to to a local lad. Like Liverpool United, he's grew grew up with well, being United shadow pretty much. So he knows what it means, and you know he might just have that little bit of edge, that little bit of drive from midfield. If if we are going to drop Fabinho back, you'd imagine why not them and Thiago will then be asked to sit more it might just be a case of having having someone like him to break on and try and join the attack and, and connect something and you, you know he's got that little bit of something about him where he will try and you know do something different and in these games as, as you said in the past they've been tight they've been tense they ain't, they ain't coming to play we sort of fall into a shell especially at Old Trafford that it might just be something like him that that is the difference, and 
I mean, I'd I'd love it if we win, but I think realistically, we regardless of what Leicester do, we've we've got to not not get beat. If we if we lose this, then it is it's the nail in the coffin. It's done. Then I think we all are clinging to hope. But as I said at the start of the pod, I think that this this top four sort of challenge, if that's what you're going to put it, it it's done and dusted by thirsty for me. Whatever the outcome is of the United Leicester and United Liverpool result, then for me that's it. It'll be it'll be decided by then if it's on or off. Yeah, so all eyes, all eyes on the next three days, I guess, which could probably shape our season. Um, and unfortunately, it's United who look like they're going to dictate that. What a god awful thought. So. I think we've got, we've got considerably over the hour. I have absolutely no idea how we managed to get over an hour on that game. Um, so fair play, everybody. Hats off to you. Um, so until next time, I don't even know. Up the up the up the the really don't even want to watch them anymore. Reds. <laughs> <laughs>